What's going on, everybody? Daryl Freighter, the club CEO here, and we have another amazing episode of the My DJ Story podcast brought to you by the club app, the number one community for DJs to build your career online. Today, we have my brother Castello here to tell Hello. his DJ story. Brother, can you please introduce yourself, tell the people who you are and where you're from? Hello. Yeah. Uh, thanks for inviting me again, Darrell. I really like the initiative you're doing here. So I do appreciate your your invite on the podcast. Um, yeah, my name my name is Javi and my artist name, Castello. I'm from Barcelona, Spain, actually, and right now living in, in Boston in the U.S. Um, and and yeah, I'm I'm a DJ <laughs> since uh, I was basically 16, uh, 15, 16. Um, I'm currently 21. Um, but, you know, uh, we're all navigating these difficult times, so I do appreciate uh, what you're doing here. Awesome, man. We're super excited to have you on the podcast, and we want to hear about you, man. We want to hear your intro story. What sparked your interest to become a DJ? And tell me a little bit about the beginning days. So in the beginning, it was it was a little <laughs> it was a little tough, but I had a lot of um, um, a lot of will to actually perform for people. Um, I was very young. Um, I was one of those like of the generation that got inspired by. You know, basically the big splash of EDM um, in like 2012, 2013. I know there's a lot of kids like that, um, but but yeah, that was really like what inspired me seeing you know all those all those big festivals and like people playing and having a lot of fun. So I got my first controller I think when I was around um, 12, 13, um, which was in 2012 or 2013, right? And it all started really with um, me playing in the room. Um, just you know in my bedroom with my little speakers and just playing those those huge tracks um and eventually it led up when i was 16 to performing in this local club in barcelona called the room it was kind of more a, kind of a cocktail kind of bar right um and and it was a very very interesting scene uh and i played there for for two years as a resident um every week and and it was a very interesting scene because of the fact that a lot of people of different ages and countries and um they wanted basically different vibes uh, all together and and it was a very dynamic cocktail bar because you would get you know suddenly these crazy guys from like the north of europe like coming in like wanting to party because they were they were going to the big club afterwards so i had to like hype them up but then you would get these like 50 year olds like you know just chilling with you know with their friends so um basically it was um it was a challenging beginning. Also, I was very, very underpaid. Obviously, I was like 16, um, but that didn't really I didn't really matter about that that much, but about getting the experience. Um, and that that was what like I really got me into DJing at that point because it was so dynamic, so entertaining. And I had so much fun um, at the beginning that I just basically stayed there for for two years. Um, and and afterwards, you know, I just started playing bigger clubs in the city in Barcelona. Um, and then eventually I moved to the U.S. So that was a problem because I, yeah, I was 18 when I moved. So um, essentially I couldn't get into any clubs because I'm not 21. And that was a big, like, that was a big, <laughs> a big problem um, coming from the club, club scene, right? Um, so the solution for that was looking for a bit of a small, like smaller opportunities, smaller parties around the city here in Boston which obviously turned out to be college parties all around, you know, like um, Harvard, MIT, whatever, you know, like these, these kids need to party as well. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that was obviously before COVID and, and that's, that's what I've been doing. I mean, obviously um, then when the pandemic hit, 
um, it every, everything went down and I just did vir virtual gigs, um, like virtual festivals and that kind of stuff from the room I'm speaking in right now um, with my roommate who plays sax. So we had like this little duo going on on Instagram Live and um, a bunch of other platforms, which was pretty cool. Um, but now I'm pretty much focusing on production um, at the moment because I'm, I'm working on, on releasing my own music. Um, and yeah, that's going to basically be the focus from, from now on. That's awesome, man. Super exciting story. I definitely want to hear a little bit about your transition from Barcelona to Boston and the DJ scene. So tell me a little bit about, you know, Barcelona, how it is to be a DJ out there. Then tell me about the differences being in the States. So, yeah, mainly. So the big difference that I noticed, uh, first of all, obviously, the, as a DJ, that's what I think about the most, right? It's the music. The music that works on the dance floor <laughs> it's a it's quite different like obviously there's a cultural gap right um and and when i was back there um in you know in the cocktail like the cocktail bar that i played in um for a while it i i could manage to play a, like a bunch of different styles and that really opened up my library which was re really great like for that time so i have a bunch of music to play around but when moving into the club scene in barcelona I realized that people like mostly, mostly want reggaeton. <laughs> like, uh, obviously, like, you, you know, I, I played for a bit like younger audiences, like um, basically high school students, like college students as well. Um, but reggaeton is so big over there. It's just everybody wants reggaeton. And I, you know, I personally love playing house music. That's like my favorite um, and the one I have most fun and the one I basically listen to every day. You know, it's just. I'm very passionate about that genre. Um, but then I found myself like just having to up my game, uh, my library on reggaeton because it's just what people dance the most. Um, and then when I moved here in the US, basically all of that just wasn't usable. <laughs> like it just, I mean, there's there's reggaeton is becoming popular here as well. And, and the Latin scene is growing up a lot for sure. Um, but I found, I found myself in like a lot of situations where people are doing concept based parties. So, and that was something really new for me. Like, oh, today we're doing like Italian French party or, um, today it's like Korean, you know, like Korean party or whatever. And, and those themes I had never been exposed to. So it was again, more and more challenges that I could grow from, um, Cause you know, they, basically the organizer of the parties would like, oh, hey, today we're doing this, today we're doing that. And I'm like, okay, I'm like two nights before, like looking up for all the music and like figuring out the playlist and that kind of stuff. Um, so that, that was a big, big difference. Music and as well, like concept-based parties and that kind of stuff. Yeah, That's exciting, man. And I think that you accepted the challenge both times, you know, back yeah. in Barcelona than over here in the States. Um, and it's so interesting that, you know, the theme parties got you to really get out of your comfort zone of what you typically play. And yeah. it's a challenge that you find new music and you really learn how to love and, and enjoy other types of music and satisfy your audience. So that's super exciting. You know, yeah. what are some things or some tricks that you have uh, or tips that you have for other DJs in regards to how sh should they prepare for events that they never have been exposed to that kind of music before. Yeah, I can I can definitely speak to that because it's been it's been the journey so far doing this um, all together. And and for me the process was um, 
first of all, communication with the organizer, because they they do have a set of expectations that you need to meet um, as you know as the as the DJ that is basically working for them, right? And they know what the crowd is going to be, because they if they are the organizers, they are the ones who talk to the promoters and and who basically know what people are going to attend the party, right? So um, the first first step for me was asking for like asking for the organizer of a playlist or a reference playlist of music that they really like and and that that would be super helpful because they would send these like spotify link of the tunes that they think they could work for the event and even if it's just like 10 or 20 tunes as a reference you can already start digging into that music um i'm gonna use the the, the example of the korean like uh, asian american party that i i did because i never i literally never heard um, I mean, I did hear, but I never played um, as a DJ and know, like, knew how these tunes, like the structure of the tunes and like how, like the energy, you know, I was completely like newly exposed to that. So what I would do as a recommendation is after you talk to the organizer, they should be nice enough to send you a playlist. But if they don't, um, there's definitely like playlists on Spotify or, or Apple Music that you can check um, and just like basically you know like get your ears used to that music um i would even listen to it when i'm just like in the street or whatever even even i'm not like the biggest fan right of that music but i would just play it over and over and over to like learn the tunes a little bit um that you're gonna play or or the structure and you at some point you start seeing patterns of of structure patterns of um you know kind of like energy places where you know where it's a drop like oh do they have an intro do, do i need the extended mix um you know and and you start seeing these patterns and then last step before the party is just playing in your playing in your room playing in your studio and just like seeing how you can transit from those tunes to tunes that you like as well and that you know that they're gonna enjoy as well because remember you have to fun, have fun as well so um what i would do is basically download you know all of those all of that music and then look for like transitions that can work into tunes that I like as well, and that obviously are a bop, and they are gonna like as well. So um, that's that's my main main recommendation for th that kind of music. Awesome advice, brother. I think that that's very helpful for people that are looking to you know expose yourself to new types of music as well. Um, and you know, talk to me about a little bit about you know you came from Barcelona out of this country and you really just jumped in to the college scene and doing these college parties. You know, there's people in the States that struggle to even get into that scene and they're here. How did you navigate your way through and start, you know, building a name within this party scene? So one thing that I I, I, I am I'm a bit advocate of is basically um, like expo like telling the world you are doing this. Like like telling everyone you are looking for something, you are, you know, you are actually engaged like you want to you want to be in the scene right and and i know like you know it, it might sound a little weird but even when you're in a conversation or with other musicians and obviously in my case it was like easier because i'm 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 studying currently at berkeley um under a scholarship at berkeley college of music um and with all these people that are musicians you can easily expose yourself better um to like what you're doing right and and have those conversations but if if you're not um, surrounded by those people, you have to manage somehow to say that, like say like, you know, when you're talking to people, like just express like, yeah, so I'm doing this and that, you know, like, um, and it's pretty fun, like, you know, get get interested on the other person, but you also, you have to like kind of um, say what you're doing and say what you like doing. Um, and 
event like eventually opportunities come to you because in my case that's what i did i exposed myself uh, there was this like club this like student club i i was like asking about and then like eventually like um i got into it and that club you know there's this person that i met in that club that then mentioned me about this other thing this other like organizer whatever of this you know it was like a three four person in kind of thing and once you meet that network or you get into that email list you know of like opportunities in my case that was the the the, the best of opportunities for me like getting into an email list of events that people needed djs so i was like oh put my email inside please you know and then i could receive on my inbox um parties li literally that was like magical almost um it was just like oh there's this party and then the, the first person who answers gets the gig so i would be like oh notifications on like everything on <laughs> i have to be the first right um and then that's basically how i got a, a, a bunch of gigs here um obviously before covid that's amazing brother super great advice and kind of i just want to derive out of that you know people are willing to help so like share your intentions and your goals with other people. And a lot of times they're going to help you connect with different opportunities Absolutely. just by the fact that they know what you're trying to do or trying to achieve. And the thing is, you're solving a problem for someone else. People yeah. need DJs, they need music. So by exactly. you telling people, hey, I'm here to solve your problem through my skill set in DJing, you're helping people. So it's a value exchange. People are helping you by providing you the opportunity and you're helping them by providing the music. So tell people your intentions, tell people you're a DJ, tell people that you want to do their parties. And eventually, if enough people know, they will find you. Exactly. And work, work on your scale and, and prepare yeah. and be ready for those opportunities to come. And there's websites as well. There's, I mean, there's platforms. I mean, obviously your platform to me is the best one I've seen so far, like how, as far as it organized, but um, there's like some, they're like more like job focused. They're not focused for DJs, but there's like all these other platforms where you can like expose yourself as like, hey, I'm a I'm a DJ and I'm looking for work. It's kind of more, yeah, like job employment based platforms. So they're a little different, but sometimes like I receive this like wedding opportunity. I can't, I can't do it because of like, I'm back in Spain when the event happens, but um, I received this like wedding opportunity somewhere in here. I don't know. and. And it's like it's as well like well paid so um definitely expose yourself and like sign up to like all of those websites that like you know you can put your work up and then people maybe research um for djs over there as well great advice man there's a lot of newsletters out there there's a lot of email blasts that want to send you information because like i said people are looking for this problem to be solved and you're taking yeah. great advantage of it and great you know advice to the people because sometimes people they need to hear that is not as complicated as it, as it seems. You know, these simple steps and being proactive to find opportunities and build relationships and putting yourself out there is how it comes back to you and, and these opportunities find you, putting 100%. yourself in the right space. So kudos to you for what you've done. You've come to a new country and just hit the ground running. I love that. My, my parents were immigrants and they came to this country and hit the ground running and that spirit has just dwelled in me and I've been doing the same here um, in the States. So super That's excited it. to have you on the call, brother. Super inspiring. I love your energy. Tell me a little bit about your branding and just how you, you know, came about your name, um, Castello, for your DJ, you know, career. You know, how did you come up with the name? And then also, what does this branding mean to you? So Castello, um, he was born actually, I would say about a year, maybe a year and a half ago. Like, not a lot. Because um, before that, I had this other weird name. <laughs> It was like Jydra or something like that. It was just a little weird. Um, but uh, yeah, people had a, a, a hard time remembering it and like spelling it. Um, 
So I had to definitely change that. And I didn't feel comfortable with the previous one. The new one, I came up um, actually with my mom. Like we were um, on on this trip, whatever. And I was like, I need, yeah, I need to change the name because it's just not, it doesn't relate that much. And I don't feel it that much. Um, and this name basically is the, it's an interesting story because um, I came up with this name thinking like I made a list of over a hundred names like that just came up in my mind like whatever like combinations of words that sounded cool um of like of letters right even and then eventually I was like ah but nothing nothing is really working like nothing is really that doesn't resonate to me right so I, what I ended up doing is referring back to my actual name in Spanish my, my name in Spanish is Javier um my friends call me Javi, but my full name is, is Javier, right? And then Javier, it turns out to be, I just literally Googled, what does Javier mean? Like, what does my name mean? And it actually comes from this old um, language in the north of Spain um, called, I mean, you, you know, do you know about the Basque country? It's like an area in the north of Spain called the Basque country. So my name comes from there and it means castle, which I didn't know, but it means, it apparently means castle. And then... I was like, okay, I can pull from you know, I can pull from this, and then I and basically went to Google Translate and then just placed Castle in there and like translated to literally all the all the languages. Um, I went like one by one, um, like looking if I could like work something around it, and eventually Esperanto. Do you know the Esperanto language, the one that like this guy in the, I think the, nine, I don't know if it was the 18th or 19th century. I don't know. This guy made up language. Um, <laughs> Um, completely like from the ground up and and mixing up like a lot of languages and that was that was the result um basically castle in esperanto is castello and it's eventually like my name as well so like my real name so it sounded fresh it sounded different no one used it on spotify no one used it on the websites no one used it on facebook instagram twitter whatever it was completely free so i was like let's go this is this is the one Awesome, man. I really like the way you think, brother. You're a true innovator and you have a unique way of going about everything you do in your journey. And I really appreciate you sharing on the podcast. These are the things that other DJs need to hear so they can also think innovatively and do things that are going to help them in their journey. So I really Thank appreciate you. what you're doing and you sharing your knowledge and wisdom on this this process that you're taking you know i would love to jump into you know some of the things that you've learned over the past five six years of djing and give us some advice of things that you know now being in it for six years um, that you wish you knew when you first got started yeah so yeah when i started wow that's uh, there's there's a lot of lessons learned for sure um um i would say and this is a this is a bit of um an ego like balance that you need to accept as a DJ. Like, you know, obviously when I started, I was like, oh, I'm gonna become this like huge DJ. Like I'm gonna make my tracks and everybody's gonna bounce to them, you know? Um, but when you're starting out, you you are you're doing your job. Like you are you are working for the crowd. Um, and I I do like I do understand a lot of people are gonna go like, nah, like I, I know how to do my, you know, I have, I know how to do my stuff. Like, don't, don't tell me how to do my job kind of thing, you know, but in the beginning, you really like, you really have to be open to suggestions and to whatever the people want to dance to. Like, um, I, I don't know if I make, I get my point through, like what I'm trying to say is you are not the center. 
um, even like society, like over time with the EDM boom and all kind of stuff, like we kind of like ended up having this image of the DJ as like a superstar or kind of thing, you know, like DJs like back in the day, like they were hiding, like they were they were hidden from the crowd. They were in this corner. Um, I, I, and I saw a bunch of documentaries about this, like in 80s, 90s, um, even like 70s and stuff like they were just they were you could not even see the DJ. He was just behind a column, just the weird guy playing the music, you know, the fact that we're now like seen as kind of the center. That's kind of a basically a pretty like last 10 years, like last 10, 20 years kind of thing that that just relates to the artist, like artist slash DJ kind of thing. Right. We we work for the crowd. Um, and that's something I like. I wish someone told me right from the start because I was like basically like trying to play the tunes I like and like trying to you know. And over time, I just learned I just want to make these people have a good time. I just like and I have to play this tune that I don't really like. I I will just play it and embrace the tune, right? And 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 see how they react to it. So that's definitely the biggest biggest like thing I would I wish I I would have learned um, from the beginning. Yeah. It's an awesome tip, man. I'm super excited. That's that's really great. Uh, I would love to jump into, you know, talking about what are some things that you're focused on right now and how can me and my audience, the club, help you and support you in your journey today? So right now at the moment, um, I'm, I'm studying. <laughs> that's my, my main thing right now. Um, but at the, at the same time, I'm basically... I'm piling up a lot of music. Um, I'm piling a lot of music, like of original music that I'm producing and getting my chops a little better um, so that I can play my tunes as well um, in, in clubs when they reopen. Um, and and yeah, basically establishing relationships with record labels um, and, and fellow like artists, like house artists um, that are releasing music as well. Um, but once I'm done uh, with this semester, which is going to be also like in May, I I would really, really like to start like getting back into like, even if it's virtual gigs, right? So I saw you guys are organizing a lot, um, a lot of stuff. And, and I saw that you guys had like these paid opportunities that I'm, I was like, what? This is insane. Like people like getting paid, you know, like online, that's, that's insane. So because I did it just for the art. I did a lot of virtual stuff, but just no, obviously no, no, no payment at all. So I was like super like impressed as well that you guys managed to pull that off. Um, and and as far as like what we could do together, definitely would be like in May. I don't know if there's going to be anything going on. Probably, probably yes, because you're a hustler. I can see that <laughs> um, you're, you're non-stopping. So I, I really admire that from you. And um, what I would definitely like love to do is like some even if it's just for free, I don't, I don't really mind like play for people like online in May, getting back into actual DJing. Cause now I'm focusing a lot on producing and making my tracks, but definitely like getting back into DJing, even if it's virtual, even if it's any kind of format I'm down to. So um, I'm looking forward for like May, mid May to get back into it. Um, and with you guys would be great. Awesome, brother. Well, I like you a lot. This has been a great interview. So I'm definitely going to provide opportunities for you specifically. So let's definitely build and build a relationship from here on out. Um, are you Thank ready you. to Thank jump you. into the, the lightning round? Yeah. Describe your DJ setup, hardware and software. At the moment, at the moment, Tractor S4 and uh, just Tractor. That's the easiest <laughs> for, for now. Who's your favorite DJ? Favorite DJ? Wow, uh, 
at the moment probably um james hype i think he's incredible what has been your favorite party or event you've dj'd at and why favorite event was at formula formula one um back in back home in a competition uh when cars were racing right on my red my right side and <laughs> that was really cool who's the most interesting person you've met through djing through djing i would say wow that's a hard question um uh, i think a a club owner a club owner he was really crazy um that that's i'm not gonna go into details but he was crazy <laughs> What's one thing that you think is missing from live streaming for DJs? I think uh, interaction opportunities from the crowd. Um, so you can actually see what how they react to music. I would say that's that's the one. And shout out to DJs that you know personally, whose stories need to be shared on this podcast as well. I'm going to say Max Harris. He's a, he's a student as well. Um, good friend of mine. And as well, Artix. Artix is a guy from back home. We've made a lot of tunes and he's, he's a good DJ as well. Awesome, brother. We look forward to hearing their stories one day on the show. And any DJs that are interested in being on the podcast, they can sign up at djsignup.com. And brother, where can people find you online or even in person if you're still doing events? So online, you're going you're gonna to find me at, at Castello Music. Castello with K. K-A-S-T, etc. <laughs> Castello Music. And then that's... That works for Instagram, Facebook, um, and Spotify, just Castello. Um, and like uh, present events in person right now, unfortunately, like I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't find any, but um, I'm definitely going to be active on those platforms for sure. Wonderful, brother. This has been a really great interview. Everyone, please check out Castello. He's really doing an amazing job. Very genuine guy, super humble guy, and uh, super wise in his ways, the way he's navigating through the DJ industry at this very early age. So, Congrats to you and all your success, and we look forward to staying in touch, brother. Thank you very much. I appreciate you a lot, man. Let's let's definitely keep in touch.